This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Well, welcome to Sport on Hero Money FM 89.3. And we have with us right now a sports uh, podcaster from The Straits Times uh, who has a, a very own uh, sports uh, podcast called Game of Two Halves. And thank you for dropping by our sports correspondent for The Straits Times, Sazali Abduaziz. No problem, man. <laughs> Good to see you again. Okay, today, of course, uh, in the first half of uh, this uh, segment, we're going to talk about the big game in the EPL that happened over the weekend. In fact, it was last night, as well as the uh, long-awaited ATP title for Andy Murray. Well, let's uh, kick it off with the highly anticipated game between uh, the Red Devils, Manchester United, and the Liverpool that took place uh, last night. And added one all, and thanks to uh, Adam Lallana's uh, late equaliser for Liverpool. And while all this was, well, it was not a classic, and there was a lot to talk about as well after the game, uh, Liverpool manager uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, complained that Manchester United always defend against his Liverpool teams. I mean, after all, uh, Liverpool has not beaten Manchester United in Old Trafford for quite a number of games is that a fair comment to make Zali? Um, I don't think so I think it's a it's a comment that you know stems out of frustration for Jurgen Klopp you know the the, the draw uh, snapped their winning streak you know and, and stopped it at 17 games mm-hmm. which is one just one shot of uh, Manchester City so I'm sure that stings for him and uh, and against obviously a, a big rival like uh, you know Manchester United it, it's you know it's probably hard for him to take lah but you know he uh, it's a lack of class to be honest I think a lot of people uh, like Jurgen Klopp for his you know his bombastic character you know mm. he's a he's a good man manager he smiles he jokes he hugs his players and stuff like that he comes across as a very likable fellow but. You know, sometimes we've seen him when you know when he cracks. You know, he he tends to you know yell at referees and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then you know sometimes makes comments like this in the press. Mm. Like I said, like you know, not not really um, a, a classy move by him. But I can see why. I I, I think the the pressures. Uh, well, it's it's not not to say the pressures getting. They are still you know <laughs> top of the table. There's still a few points clear. It's a frustration rather mm-hmm. uh, getting to him. If I talk about him cracking Mick Fexus Hazali, I watched the game last night as well. I mean, mm. I could see many moments that he was absolutely uh, uh, passionate, mm. Mm. Uh, angry, and he was like kind of frustrated as well. Yeah. Especially when the Sadio Mane uh, goal was uh, yeah. disallowed. So, yeah, he, so, so. One of the interesting things that he brought up, and, and like you mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of talk after the game, mm. um, not only about his criticism of Manchester United being defensive, he also complained about the, the VAR, the video assistant referee. Mm. And, you know, I think everybody's pointing out to the same thing, you know, which is, you know, it's a bit rich coming from him because uh, Liverpool have already benefited earlier uh, in the season against Leicester, um, you know, f- from VAR. And then, you know, now when they don't get it, their way they they are complaining about the system. So, you know, he says it's a it's a clear foul on um, Origi yeah. in the lead up to uh, to Manchester United's goal. But mm. you know, people have been you know obviously uh, uh, the day after Manchester United <laughs> Liverpool game everywhere on social media you you, you turn people uh, you know will be giving their take on it. And you know some people are saying you know you look at Origi he got kicked in a, in the left leg he's clutching his right. Correct. So he's, you know was there really contact? You know people people are unsure about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, I think you know it's it's just frustration getting to Jurgen Klopp, and uh, you know, I I think you know you, you, you if you are a, a big team, you go you go to a you know if you are a superior team, mm. and everybody I think can agree that at this point of time, Liverpool are, are the better football team uh, compared to Manchester United. But if I think if you can't if you go to your opponents, you can't break them down. Mm. You shouldn't complain that 
Oh, they're being defensive because obviously they're the inferior team. It's natural. Yeah, they they'll naturally set up to to defend against you, and in, instead, probably he should be looking. You know, he, he, should he, should he be worried? You know, Salah is out. They mm. played Origi, and mm. and you know, the, clearly they didn't work. You know, they didn't really create um, too many you know good openings. You know, maybe it's. You know, it's so many factors. You know, it could be you know, money and Firmino were just in Singapore. It could be that you know, you know, they travelled so so long during the international break. But mm. uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think you shouldn't take a swipe at your at your opponents. Well, to be fair, I think uh, Liverpool they were obviously not as uh, well oiled as uh, the normal selves. I mean, mm. obviously they they were not creating as many chances as you mentioned. I'm not sure so much is was it was it just Salah? Or was it could be just the entire team was just tired? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, you know, one thing I've I've noticed um, over last couple of seasons particularly you know with with the international breaks is that when the players come back from the international breaks the, the bigger teams tend to sometimes uh, struggle so mm. you know where 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 it, it's one thing is the fatigue of, of players traveling overseas and and you know like like we mentioned uh, you know some some of them traveling halfway around the world to singapore <laughs> to yeah. play you know, a friendly is around twenty thousand people, <laughs> mm. uh, but also you know the 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 teams that don't have so many international players, they have that one week or, or one and a half weeks to actually work on 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 mm. things on the training ground mm-hmm. and and like you said, you know, look more cohesive when the when the right. game finally comes around. So, yeah, that that's why we tend to see uh, some disjointed performances by the bigger teams and cohesive performance by the you know not so uh, impressive teams. Mm. So. Well, to be fair to to Manchester United, some had expected a, a heavy defeat for for United. I mean, given the recent form for both teams, so with the with the result of a one or draw, well, Manchester United could have could have dicted it in the last minute if, yep. if not for uh, Lallana's uh, a late goal. Do you think the result against uh, the league leaders suggests that Manchester United they have they have turned the corner? Uh, n- not quite lah. You know, I think they they were there were good signs they, that they could take away from the game. They were disciplined. You know, they they did create dogged created chances. Uh, but I don't think you know this is a uh, you know Manchester United fans should hold their breaths. The biggest issue I see you know in this team is the lack of depth. Every starting eleven sort of looks the same, and that's because you know Oligana Solskjaer doesn't really have options. I mm-hmm. mean, you can argue that you know it's his own doing. He let people like Lukaku, Sanchez, mm. uh, and so on go in the summer and didn't adequately replace them. Uh, but the fact is, you know, the the, the depth. Of the squad is not there. You know they have, I think, twenty-eight first-team players. I think eight have played just a handful of Premier League games. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about people like uh, Greenwood, mm. you know, Chong, Twanzebi, the, the youngsters like this. Um, and when you take into account injuries and and so on, you know, not much the manager can do. You know, mm. in, in terms of, you know, you you get you have the same old players. Um, very few surprises. He pulled off a surprise, you know, to be fair, uh, mm. against Liverpool with a, with a new formation. Right. Uh, but. Other than pulling off the odd surprise here and there, there's not much options he can he can do in terms of you know attacking approach, for example. So yeah, they certainly need to add in the in the January transfer window that's coming up in a couple of months and mm. um, and also in the summer. So I think if he gets to stay, and I I hope he gets to stay, and I hope as a neutral, I hope United don't fall that far that they'll sack right. him. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Manchester United squad look. At the start of next season, you right. know, when he's had another two transfer windows right. to sort of add to his team and so on. Well, though, this talk about Madusic uh, uh, from uh, from Juventus that, mm. that that they're looking at, do you think he'll yeah. be a good addition? Yeah, you know, this is another strange one. You know, um, a few weeks ago, 
you know the reports are saying all the the rumor the rumor mill was saying that oh he has already agreed to join correct and then i think yesterday or two days ago i saw an article saying manchester united has cooled their interest in him <laughs> so you know i mean this is this is how it is like the rumor mill you know sometimes mm-hmm. uh, a player has signed then the next day you you see you know he's he's still training you know that kind of thing so um, but yeah I, th- i think he certainly would add something to the united team that they they, they currently don't have which is a physical presence up front he's mm-hmm. he's a good finisher he's a you know a top class striker he's you know not the youngest but they don't really need youth ex- exactly right. right now you know they need a, a mixture of you know players who can compete at the highest level and and if you know players like Mandzukic you know who's uh, you know won titles uh, in in the Serie A and, and and so on um are willing to come i think they should absolutely uh, you know bring him over mm-hmm. well if you like that the straight times are spot on and of course a game of two halves you can listen to us live for money fm 89.3 from about 5:15 p.m. every monday right about this time or you can subscribe to the game of two halves on apple podcasts uh, google podcasts or spotify and like us and give us a rating and today we're talking to Sazali Abdul Aziz sports correspondent over at the straits times so talking about turning the corner Sazali, I mean, in tennis over the weekend, Andy Murray won his first ATP title since uh, uh, March 2017 at the European Open in Antwerp. It was the Scots' first title since undergoing career-saving hip surgery earlier this year. I mean, he was in tears after his winning. And, and why does this mean so much to him, uh, Sasali, even after uh, 45 uh, prior ATP titles? Well, I, I think you know, even though it's um, not one of the most prestigious titles he has won, uh, it's a milestone because of like you know what we mentioned, uh, you know the surgery and and you know the timing and the dip in form um, and and I guess the the, the the slide down the rankings that he has suffered. Um, you know the the fact is you know he like we said it's not a, a huge tournament but he beat you know a pretty good opponent in mm-hmm. Stan Wawrinka in in mm-hmm. the final. So uh, I think just that validation to know that. Um, he still has what it takes. Um, is what uh, made it so emotional for him, and and you know for for uh, you know he's 32 now. He's uh, I think ranked uh, 127th in the world, mm. uh, which is you know obviously a huge uh, huge slide for him. Uh, I think it's just you know sometimes your confidence takes a beating, and and you know sometimes you you tend to question you know can I ever get back to 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 where I was. Um, and so all power to him, you know. Salute, I salute the fact that you know he's 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 come back, and uh, you know he's he's uh, done and won his his um, ATP title. It just uh, shows the the determination and character that he has uh, that he has come back, uh, you know, so strongly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's very passionate about like, his performances, and that's something that we really look forward to mm. to him again going forward after this. But prior to this, he was taking part in more of the doubles uh, competitions yeah. and 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 some of the some of the some of the competitions. They did well. Some not so well. Yeah. Well, I I think the obviously the the goal was always to to get back to singles competition and and show what he can do and and try to see how far he can go. Um, my colleague Nicole Chia, mm. um, she went to the Shanghai Masters earlier this month. Um, mm. and you know she noted, you know she she we actually spoke about this. You know she she noted that you know like you mentioned he's a very fiery competitor. Mm. You know and mm. and it, for a while he sort of. 
sort of didn't display that same sort of fire in in his games and and in Shanghai he did you know he was he was screaming again yelling again you know mm. pumped up and and you know uh, my colleague Nico was telling me you know she he he said he looked like the old Andy Murray, Andy Murray you know, yeah. or, or get at least he's on the way back there you know? so <laughs> she was she was hopeful and and she she said you know she believes he can eventually contend for Grand Slams um, but even she was surprised at how soon he he has you know won won this um, ATP title and and you know the European uh, title and and again like I said against a, a, a you know not not a nobody against a, a player like Stan Wawrinka who's you know proven himself at the top level as well a fantastic achievement and you know it bodes well for him and I'm sure he's earned more fans now you know with like I mm. said you know his character and and bouncing back from uh, you know such difficulties uh, and I'm sure you know these fans are be excited to see how he goes on from here and whether he can you know eventually probably contend for a Grand Slam there will be there will be some story so that goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week right here on Money FM 89.3 we really hope they enjoyed uh, listening to us and glad to have you in the studio uh, Sazali no problem Monet. that was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times find us on Spotify Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.